Novelist L.P. Hartley wrote that the past is a foreign country. They do things differently there. And that observation certainly applies to the life and adventures of Roald Amundsen. When he was born, there were no airships or aeroplanes, and large parts of the Arctic and Antarctic were unexplored. He started out using skis, dogs, and ships, and then adopted the aeroplane and airship as vehicles. Amundsen was the most successful Arctic and Antarctic explorer of his day, and one of the reasons for his success was his willingness to innovate. Amundsen's involvement in aviation started in 1909 and included Arctic flights in 1925, 1926, and 1928. In 1925, he and five others attempted to fly two flying boats from Spitsbergen to the North Pole and back. It was a heroic failure and a near disaster. In 1926, Amundsen led an expedition in the airship Noria from Svalbard to the North Pole and on to Alaska. This was the first undisputed journey to the North Pole, the first journey across the Arctic Ocean, and the first flight from Europe to the Americas by way of the North Pole. In 1928, Amundsen joined the search and rescue effort for the crew of the airship Italia, which had crashed on the pack ice northeast of Svalbard. His flying boat disappeared with all on board on the last leg of its positioning flight from Tromsø in northern Norway to Kings Bay in Svalbard. Roald Engelbrecht Gravning Amundsen, 1872-1928, was the last Viking. A mariner by profession, he turned himself into the best-known and most successful Arctic and Antarctic explorer of the early 20th century. His achievements made him one of the most famous Norwegians of his day. He mixed with kings, queens, and princes, with presidents and prime ministers. He was a celebrity who earned his fame the hard way by doing what no one had done before. He was a hero in Norway, which gained its independence from Sweden in 1905 while he was navigating the Northwest Passage. He was an innovator in the exploration of the Arctic and Antarctic, and this book is about his innovative use of aircraft to explore the Arctic. Amundsen was every inch the explorer, five feet eleven inches tall and deeply tanned, with the strong but trim build of a middleweight boxer and a Roman nose. He would stay fit and strong down to the day he died, aged fifty-five. He had decided to be an Arctic explorer when he was a teenager, after reading accounts of some of the many expeditions mounted in the nineteenth century. From these books he learnt which equipment and techniques worked and which did not. He would always be an open-minded innovator. From an early age he worked on developing the physical strength and endurance that would be required for this type of career, and he undertook dangerous and demanding cross-country ski trips whenever he could. He wrote with understandable pride that his physique impressed the doctors who examined him before his compulsory military training. His mother wanted him to be a doctor, and he studied at university for several years but left as soon as she died. He went to sea to acquire the skills and sea time he would need to qualify as a ship's officer and ultimately as a master mariner. In 1897 to 1899, he was second mate on de Gerlach's Belgica expedition to Antarctica. The ship was trapped in the ice, and the crew became the first men to overwinter in Antarctica. 
Dr. Frederick Cook was the ship's surgeon, and Amundsen developed a respect for that deeply flawed character which survived Cook's later fraudulent claims to have climbed Mount McKinley and to have reached the North Pole. Cook ended up in prison, having been convicted of a major fraud involving oil reserves. Amundsen visited him in prison and demonstrated one of his, Amundsen's, most likable qualities. He was loyal to his friends. He knew that he would only truly be in control of his future expeditions if he commanded the ship that was used. He therefore qualified for a master mariner's license at the earliest opportunity. His career as a ship's officer was a key part of his overall plan to be a career explorer. For the rest of his life, the one title he valued was Captain.